I'm Matt Chapman, the founder of Chapman CG, and welcome to the Future of HR podcast. In this podcast series, we look at forward-thinking trends on HR and how these trends are changing the HR world. Hi there. So I'm here in Shanghai with Anne-Marie McCorkin, who is the APAC Head of Employer Branding and Recruiting at Henkel, and Beecher Ashley-Brown, the co-founder and senior VP of Ajinga. So let's start with brief introductions. Um, hello, Beecher. Hi, Oscar. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your background here in Shanghai. Uh, I've been in Shanghai since 1997, and I've been uh, in human resources since 2005 and uh, we started ajinga.com in 2011 so it's been a, a really interesting time to witness china's changes during that that time and also the changes within the hr function as well great well we'll come back to ajinga in a second but before we do Anne marie hello hi hello oscar Tell us about your background here. I've been in Asia since um, 99, actually. I've been in Shanghai since 2003. I restarted my career here, and I took a different direction in terms of moving from HR into talent acquisition. And then really since 2007, I've been working in a lot of the sort of technology-style firms, or um, now I'm working for Henkel, which is a bit more of a conglomerate. Um, running talent acquisition, essentially really different aspects of talent acquisition, whether it's employer branding, executive recruiting, direct sourcing, teams um, or the overall operational excellence of recruiting in a, an APAC setting looking after most of the Asian countries. Great. Well, I'm very happy to have you both here. It's unusual to have people actually in front of me when I'm doing these interviews. Um, so let's go straight into the topic of today, which is actually about how to um, properly capitalize on the ecosystem here in China in regards to employer branding, in regards to talent acquisition. What, what is the situation here in China, Beecher? Maybe you can give um, the, the listeners a, a brief introduction about what, what life is like here in China. Sure. I think the, the biggest difference about uh, China versus, uh, versus the rest of the world is, is probably the way that the internet has developed. And specifically, I'm talking about WeChat. WeChat is, is unlike any other social media platform in the world and combines the best elements of all these other uh, uh, social media like Facebook, Facebook Messages, WhatsApp, Line, etc. So I think one of the biggest differences is, is size. We're seeing uh, WeChat has already has 890 million users. And if you think about the world's global internet population of 3.5 billion users, that represents 24% of the entire global internet uh, use, which is truly amazing. And it's not just the size uh, uh, that makes WeChat special, I think. WeChat uh, is more than just connecting with your friends. WeChat allows you to uh, book a car, to book a bicycle, find a bicycle, pay for online products, pay for products in stores, distribute and uh, uh, share the bill at the end of a meal, um, send money to friends. Uh, uh, you can even have somebody come over to your house to give your pet uh, a shampoo and a, and, a, and a blow dry whilst you're having a manicure. So WeChat is really such an all-encompassing integrated part of everybody's life that it, uh, I, I think to many people outside China is, is, is staggering and, and completely surprising to them. Right. And this is, um, you know, particularly the case for when uh, people in talent acquisition are thinking about using social media mm -hmm. in their talent acquisition, in their employer branding. Yeah. They, they tend to think about the ecosystem that they have in front of them, but they don't realize that in China it's completely different. Mm -mm. What what other things are there to, to think about with WeChat? Have we uh, have we got any other special considerations here in China with WeChat? 
Yeah, I think uh, companies, especially the sales and marketing functions of organizations have really embraced WeChat because WeChat has enabled uh, companies to have uh, service or subscription accounts. And then you build up followers who are, are like your online community of maybe consumers. And with that, you can sell products to them. You can uh, provide help desks. You can engage in Q&A to assist them with better using your product or service. Uh, but also companies do a lot of uh, brand building. Uh, you can push articles, you can monitor how many times the article is shared and read and uh, taken and action taken upon. So just watching what's happening in sales and marketing, the HR function, recruiting in particular, have said, why don't we use these tools for uh, recruitment and brand building purposes as well? And so that's what we've started to see. And according to the latest study that we've conducted, around 45% uh, of companies have already established their own individual career uh, and job uh, accounts within WeChat to then enable the process of recruiting through the WeChat tool. Great. Well, I know that the, the reason why Anne-Marie is here is because, you know, she represents one such company who has done that. Absolutely. Um, why don't we talk about some uh, generalizations then about what can be done on the WeChat platform? And maybe this is something which you can answer in general, Beecher, and then we can specifically talk about your experience as well, Anne-Marie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a couple of differences about recruiting specifically within WeChat versus through the traditional desktop or, or uh, device. So uh, the first thing is that you can't expect a candidate who's read an interesting article about WeChat and who's very familiar with maybe online e-commerce uh, uh, within WeChat to then maybe once they see your job description to jump out of that ecosystem and to a traditional email, uh, attach my resume and send it through in, in, a, in a very normal, very traditional manner uh, from five years ago. So we've seen dropout rates of 50 to 60% when you're asking the candidate who is really your consumer to change their behavior to fit your maybe outdated or traditional mode of recruitment. So we can really learn a lot from online e-commerce through WeChat in China. A consumer can buy a product or excuse me, can search and, and then buy a product probably within two to three minutes, they expect then to be able to search and apply to a job at your organization within two to three minutes as well. So it needs to be completely mobile enabled and it needs to be integrated directly into the WeChat account. And I think what makes WeChat even more exciting than just simply mobile application is the social functions of it. So the average WeChat user probably has around 130 friends and we all know that uh, uh, you trust a recommendation from a friend more than you trust a, uh, a traditional advertisement. So this represents a wonderful opportunity to really optimize and enhance mm -hmm. your referral program and gain access to much larger pools of candidates that perhaps have never thought about a career with, with Henkel mm -hmm. or, or with your organization. Mm -hmm. And that represents the real power and excitement of, of really harnessing social media in a new way to, to, uh, to power up your referral program. Well, thanks very much. Anne-Marie, then. So you've put into, into practice a few of these um, special techniques um, yeah. using WeChat. Yeah. Um, so why don't you talk to us about your experiences? So um, when I arrived at Ankel, actually, we had quite a traditional approach to WeChat, which I think many organizations have. So they've developed it to the extent that they have their, their, their pages, their official pages, actually. So a lot of content from an employer branding perspective has been driven out to the, um, the potential candidates and to the market. I 
come essentially from a hiring background, really. And so for me, it's very important that not only are we, pass- we you know, pushing the message out correctly to the audience, but we're actually getting some engagement with the audience back. Um, and also we're giving them, an, 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 as um, Beecher says, the opportunity to apply, to simply apply to us. So we could, I mean, the most important thing is actually that we get the, the, uh, the talent in our box, actually, in our inbox. Um, and that wasn't happening. And I think in many of organisations, they still have... Um, fragmented recruiting um, tools, fragmented recruiting tools that don't talk to each other um, and they think it's acceptable. You know, people sort of continue in that frame, sort of patching them together, actually. So one of the first things that I wanted to do was to see how can we integrate these tools, um, whether it's the ATS system, whether it's WeChat, and basically give the candidate a better experience. Um, so Ajinga, I've known about Ajinga. I, d- I didn't realise how well they were doing, actually, but I looked them up again. And, and I, it's a, for me, it's a really holistic solution, really, that brings together the employment branding message on your on your platform. It can reach... Um, we had 14,000... Uh, views I think quite quickly Um, and I think from that perspective we have that audience that's immediately available to apply online if we've put in the the infrastructure behind it so um, we did so with Ajinga we did do that and it's had some great results. So the thing that I had heard in the market here in Shanghai which made me really want to have this conversation was the micro payments that you can do through referrals on WeChat. So talk, talk to me about what you can do using that platform. I mean, in terms of how we applied micropayments, and I think we're talking essentially about rewarding people for, for taking action. So this is like the call to action, essentially, really. So um, for very tiny amounts of money, actually, you, you introduce like, this concept of gamification into the um, referral process. And so that you can forward um, you can refor- forward our advert, you can refer a candidate, they can have an interview. Um, and then, it, you know, that, that, they're sort of prior call to actions, whereas a traditional referral scheme really depends on the payout way and way at the end of the scheme actually so at the end we're waiting to people of onboarding and it might be six months later in fact that that person gets rewarded in a talent market now which is fairly scarce fairly scarce in terms of tapping onto talent um i mean obviously there's a lot of people there's 80 percent of the market aren't really actively looking for a job so for, it's important for us to be able to demonstrate um that we can reward people for taking action at the early start of the process. So I think we have um, like a five RMB reward, actually. It was our first reward just to share it. Um, if candidates got an interview, there was 20 RMB. So we have all these different amounts that we put together. We had a, um, you know, a, a payments table that we drew up that we felt that was effective for this programme. Um, and, and we put that together to sort of reward people for taking action. And, uh, and it's amazing how many people do, actually, just for a, few, a little bit of money. But I think they're used to it. I mean, I think Beecher talked talked about that earlier with regards to like collecting points, groupons, these types of concepts here are fairly strong in China. So it goes straight into their wallet in their pocket. They can feel it immediately, actually, which is um, really effective. Yeah, in, in, in the Chinese uh, WeChat world, uh, there's something called the red envelope, which traditionally it's given at uh, Chinese New Year. Uh, uh, and, and it's been adapted by the large players like Tencent, the, the, the owner of WeChat and um, Alibaba, of course. And the trading and giving of these these red envelopes is is considered normal practice to encourage behaviour. So, what what Henkel's done here is if they if they applied the same concept, very much in line with the consumer experience, so that a, a small hongbao or red envelope can be given for applied, uh, a slightly larger one for interviewed if if, if the candidate is considered uh, to be uh, passing the, the the qualifications, then also. Uh, a larger, perhaps, red envelope for onboard, and of course, the traditional reward, which would be for past probation. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So, 
this is tapping into consumer behavior, but also the Chinese elements of, of gift giving yes. um, to, to create a referral program which resonates with the target market. And talk to me about your results then at, at Henkel. Do you have any, um, any results that you can share? Yeah, I mean, from a resource perspective, so I think one of the things that most surprises, so we did a very integrated employer branding um, exercise at the beginning. So we posted this on LinkedIn. We posted this on our WeChat platforms. Um, we also shared it internally through various message boards and TV boards. So we tried to get as much, uh, get the message out. Um, we had a launch date. We had an effective launch date. So we had an enormous amount of buzz at this at the beginning. Um, and then we cascaded that buzz, you know, throughout the program, which ran for 12 weeks. is is just about to end. So the total initial views that we had um, was the largest actually I think it was the read the largest readership that we had on any of our um, articles that had also been shared on WeChat so we had 15,000 um, we had nine um, just over 15,000 we had unique viewers it was um, almost 10,000 and we had uh, you know I think within the first couple of weeks um, 800 total shares so I think just that that amount of um, buzz um, impact, impacted like the ability for us to generate applications. So in terms of the numbers of, I'm not actually going to share the numbers of applications, but we had um, a significant amount of applications and 30% of them were from Henkel employees and 70% of them for non-Henkel employees. So I think what was important to us was to demonstrate that um, we crowd shared, we, we did crowdsourcing essentially through a non-Henkel um, referral chain that was previously not open to us really so this is also quite a nice um, unique thing I think about social media referral programs you know so you're extending networks um, directly through the market and getting applicants in um, and then in terms of the numbers I mean I have some figures here so we made some hires we reduced our hiring I mean the biggest thing was our hiring time was significantly reduced by something like two months so because we put behind this program um, like a proper scheduled interview days we had all of the hiring managers who were actually there has to be a special call out to the to the plant Dragon Plant and the Dragon Plant hiring managers there because they really engaged in this program and made it a success as well um, so, of course, because, of course, they were sharing it. I mean, it's ultimately their success. We just put, I mean, one of the unique things about this sort of software platform is once you have everybody engaged, in fact, it, it does the work itself. And, you know, it's lovely because of that, really. Um, but in terms of the time to hire, we reduced it by two months because, you know, we could we could plan interview days. We, we knew we were going to get a funnel of candidates and then we could quickly screen. We had all of the recruiting engines set up at the back. Um, and, of course, our, our quality of resumes, employee referrals, traditionally says that um, you get better quality of resumes so 83% of the candidates um, that came in through the application system were, were good enough to get first interview um, there's other data but like just generally um, the software made it easy for people to do their job actually I mean that's what strikes me um, I, um, I shared a funny story before about people having to go around a centre banging a drum dressed up because that's what happens to, 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 get, to get employee referral. And I've been in places where people are wearing outfits and they're banging a drum and they go around on a Friday and they're looking for referral and they jiggle the box. And I am just so relieved that I don't have to dress up and walk around jiggling a box <laughs> to get referrals because we can organise like a fairly sophisticated um, system that works end to end and, and the results are there. Great, thanks for thanks for the information there, Marie. And how did you how did you get the buy-in from all of these stakeholders in the first place? Because of course, now that you've got the results, it all sounds great. But how how did you paint the picture before this um, this result? 
Yeah, I mean, I saw the challenge actually. So, I mean, I, I came, I came, and I saw the challenge. So, we have like a remote site. We had, you know, we'd been through quite a considerable amount of pain from a recruiting perspective in terms of. So, I think a lot of things had been tried actually. So, perhaps that was one of the one of the reasons that people were open to something new. But we tried traditional hiring. We tried sourcing. We tried job boards, and yet we still had um, difficulties with with hiring at this site actually. So, I think we had a real problem that needed addressing. So that I think that needed some fresh thinking um, and then in terms of referral the tradition we had a traditional referral program but it lacked lustre I guess I could say it lacked energy um, I think I had ex I have expertise around referral and I also had known about a jinger in the marketplace and it just struck me um, that using mobile in this environment would be fantastic because we have a lot of plant operators so I wanted to move straight to a mobile solution a jinger um, I think, you know, once you've been in the market a little bit, you get to hear about what's working successfully. So it seemed a natural application for me to do that. Um, so I, you know, investigated and, and talked to Beecher about how we could use that here. Um, it did make sense. Um, and so from that, from that sort of put together like the bones of a project plan, really. And, and you know, obviously um, sold that into the, you know, sold that into my team and to my leaders, you know, that this is the right thing to do at this point in time to make an impact. So one of the things that we needed to do was make an impact, actually. So we were being asked to make an impact. We were asked to be, you know, there was pain being felt in the organisation. And, you know, the old methods weren't trying, weren't working, actually. So we needed to try something new. Um, so I think they were some of the factors that meant that people were willing to hear a new idea. Great. Thanks, Anne-Marie. And going back to you, <clears throat> Beecher, so how does that experience compare with other companies you've helped or tried to help? Is that quite a typical uh, example for you? Yeah, I think what, what Henkel did very well is there's always going to be some amount of trepidation with, with trying something new. So, uh, so identifying a pilot project where it was a defined uh, facility, in this case it was about two hours outside Shanghai, uh, so it, it wasn't necessarily an easy place to, to recruit for. Um, a defined period of time, and then very clear expectations with what the KPIs that you, you would be looking for. And um, when you have a pilot program like that, uh, the, the risk is somewhat contained, and then you can sort of prove to the organization, is this something that you would like to move ahead with, or, or something that you need to modify in order to make successful in your organization. So I think they did that very well. And do you normally work just with people who are based in China, or do you have to work also with, with the people who sign off on these kind of projects overseas? Yes, I think um, the user is typically based in China because the WeChat ecosystem sort of allows for a lot of this really interesting stuff to happen. But uh, clearly at certain points there, there are stakeholders who are overseas uh, who may not necessarily understand uh, how the internet or how social has developed here and certainly maybe don't understand the recruiting environment. So it's a combination of working with local stakeholders to influence and to some degree educate, I suppose, the, the global players or the regional players uh, within the organization so that they have the confidence to sort of uh, uh, approve something like a pilot project. And Amory, I leave the last word to you. Like if you had any words of wisdom or advice to anyone else in your situation, what, what would you say? I, th I think it's really important that we take these steps within the digital environment for recruiting. So I think the first thing is like, we can't wait for somebody else to take the initiative. So I think, you know, we have to own this story ourselves in talent acquisition. And I think um, without taking risks in this space, we're going to be left behind. So I think it's super important for us to know what's available in the marketplace, what applies for each of your regions. And I obviously WeChat's a big platform here, but I think in different countries we have other um, social media um, 
platforms that are very essential to us. I think it's very important to be current in the marketplace, to know what's available and know how to put the pieces together. I think you have to come from a technological mindset, actually, now when you're doing social recruiting. Um, and then the other thing, of course, is how to, how to engage with your your business and your hiring managers to tell the story about how it can make a difference and get their buy-in to these to these initiatives really because once you have it i mean i can't end without a big thank you to the dragon plant guys actually because it's it is a fantastic facility it's the world's largest adhesive plant it's an iot facility and it was sort of getting overlooked so i think we didn't also have the opportunity to share the, the beauty of that organization really and the, the career opportunities that exist there so i think we 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 gave them a showcase that was worthy of telling and with the applicants of came in and the readerships um, the numbers of readers and views shows that it's worked actually so it also I think this idea of customizing so I, I like the idea of customizing recruiting solutions to the site or to the place that makes sense actually using the toolkit that we have available to ourselves around you know the various tools in recruiting um, that's so I think but we have to show that visionary aspect from a recruiting perspective to how to put the pieces together Right. It strikes me that you have to be the conduit to really make everyone understand what the purpose of this is, especially not just in your own recruitment team, not in the, the wider HR team, but across the business, across the IT, the IT yes, practitioners, across procurement. It yeah. sounds like you have to really wrangle a few, a yes. few people there. So a really nice case study, both of you. So thanks so much for coming in. Um, that was Beecher Ashley Brown, co-founder and senior VP of Ajinga, and Anne-Marie McCorkin, the APAC head of employer branding and recruitment recruiting at Henkel. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Oscar. For more Future of HR podcasts, visit www.chapmancg.com or subscribe on iTunes.